You're listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Well, good afternoon, Colorado. Chris Lopez here with your monthly market update for what's going on in the world of real estate investment. We're going to talk high-level trends, uh, what we're seeing on the ground, and a couple deals, and we'll go up and down the front range. Uh, so I got my usual crew here today, Jenny Bayless with Envision Advisors, talking uh, Southern Colorado. Good afternoon, Jenny. Hey, guys. I've got uh, myself here for Denver. Unfortunately, Preston got food poisoning or something, so he is uh, probably at home curled up in the fetal position right now. So Preston, we missed you. Feel better, buddy. So I'll be filling for the Denver Trends and Deals. And up north with our new kids on the block for market updates and Envision Advisors expanding is Newt and Steve, uh, who are becoming two regular voices and have some, uh, it's not only trends, but to also have a couple deals to walk us through as well. Yeah. Glad to have you guys. Glad to have you back, awesome. guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Cool. Thanks. Um, so as a quick reminder, before we jump into the stats here, we're actually doing a kickoff webinar for Northern Colorado, August 1st, to kind of give a quick uh, high-level overview for trends, walk through a couple uh, deal analyses, and what the opportunities are that Newt and Steve see in the landscape up there. So check out that, share down to the link, or reach out. We'll get you hooked up to the webinar or the recording, depending on when you listen to this. All right, so we're going to start down south. Jenny, what is going on down there? I'll just keep it short and simple, kind of, you know, not much, which I'm kind of glad about because I feel like things have been all over the place the past couple of months. And this one um, is proving to be kind of uh, slow and steady. So, um, you know, we went up in median price month over month uh, from May to June by about 2%, which is only down 2% from year over year of June last year, which was the absolute peak, um, highest median price point that we've ever seen here. So um, not too bad. I was kind of thinking it would be a little bit uh, more of a bloodbath, but, um, you know, 2% is, you know, kind of a blip. Um, average sales price uh, is actually up year over year. And then I think um, something that's interesting is that condos and townhomes they're actually up year over year um, for median sales price as well by 2%. So I just thought that was kind of, um, you know, an interesting factoid right there. Um, just in terms of what our, our clients doing down here, kind of just more of the same. We, um, we have uh, Leah just closed a house hacker, a room by room house hacker. She just got a room by room um non-house hack uh under contract uh a, a give us a rough flex. like just r r what are the rough price points and and numbers like on the the room by room house hack and the room by room rental yeah so the room by room house hack i think was in the mid threes i don't actually know i was kind of removed from that from that transaction but we yeah. are recording a uh, podcast on it tomorrow so stay tuned on that um the uh, the non-house hack room by room was in the mid 400s. Um, I'm super excited to see what he's doing um, uh, on this property because he sent me a video and basically is adding bedrooms everywhere, all over the house. Mm -hmm. So um, that should be kind of exciting. Um, it was like a 
2006 build, I want to say. So it it's going to be really good. I think he's projecting about 10% cash on cash. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, you know, um, so he's going to be doing that. And then just a traditional fourplex long-term rental um, as well. So yeah, just kind of like very typical transactions is kind of what, um, you know, we're seeing right now. Yeah. So kind of just business as usual and yeah, mm-hmm. you know, certain deals still make sense, right? Yep. And then I know we were chatting earlier um, for, for those of us that have, uh, you know, been, been with the channel for a couple of years. I know we did a, um, a, a property that I had renovated a couple of years ago. Uh, those tenants, they, they moved out, moved out of state, um, got it turned around in less than 24 hours to a new tenant for like $200 more than what I rented it two years ago. So um, I, I was, I was kind of surprised at how quickly that went given that we're kind of like late in the summer now, but single family homes, they are, you know, very much in demand down here. So just kind of, you know, keep that in mind as well. So high level, no dramatic price swings or changes. Um, House acts, room by rooms, multi deals in the pipeline and rents are still staying strong. Yeah. Yep. So just, kind of status quo which is good i think i got i want to i want to dig in the fourplex for a second here um because i was actually uh, uh texting with with the uh, the investor down there too about it um what what are you kind of seeing as far as like just the the play there the cap rate um and just the overall like you know that the two three four unit mix you know what's how are those numbers panning out now versus like a year ago in general? Yeah. So really the prices haven't really changed that much. Um which is interesting because fourplexes are in that weird dichotomy where you can get the residential loan, um, but you know you're still kind of, you know, you can't you can't evaluate it based off of the performance of the property. So it's kind of in that little like strange spot. But this investor, his um, bread and butter has become fourplexes. Like he, you know, he treats them like his babies. Like he cleans them up real nice, takes very good care of them. This one might need a little TLC on it. Um, but, you know, if if anyone, he's, he's the right person for the job to take care of that. So um, in terms of performance, He's kind of all over the place with um, with his financing and everything. We'll have to have him back on. Um, yeah. But yeah, he has a couple that are you know uh, paid off. He has some that are leveraged. I believe he's putting twenty five percent down on this one. Um, so yeah, I, we'll have to have him on and just kind of give us like a composite of his whole portfolio. But cool. yeah, he's able to. This one, there's some uh, there's some value add to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The there's two units that are rented right now at I want to say twelve fifty and thirteen hundred plus rubs, um, and then there's two that are vacant. Um, so which are really good rental rates for for um, fourplexes in, in Colorado Springs, um, given that they're just you know basic two ones. Um, so yeah, I think he's he's pretty attracted to the the rent rate on that, and um, he's very good at tenant management and, you know, finding great people to, to fill his property. So I think he'll be, he'll be successful on this one. Fantastic. Well, uh, great update, Jenny. And of course, if listeners out there want more details, reach out to Jenny or make sure you also plug into the Colorado, uh, real estate, uh, Colorado Springs real estate investing podcast. Jenny and Leah do a lot of, you know, hyper local data and also deal analyses. So a couple of those will be coming up in episodes in the, in the near future.
Um, all right, so moving up to Denver here. No real changes, kind of like what Jenny was saying. Um, inventory is about the same uh, where it was June of last year. Uh, it's up slightly from last month, kind of within seasonal norms. Uh, but in terms of general activity, all about the same. Uh, price point has stayed relatively flat and nothing too exciting there. Like year over year, it's down 0.3% for average price. So it's flat. Um, now, last month to this month or May to June of this year, up about two and a half percent. So I think that kind of goes with the indicators of, uh, hey, we're, you know, we kind of probably hit the worst part flat and maybe trending upwards is my best guess. And what a lot of the data is pointing towards. Beyond that, no, uh, no real updates and uh, trends. A uh, couple things I'll mention on here is right now homes are selling about at asking price, um, a lot less like crazy bidding activity. Um, and homes that need work, like the TLC homes, they are sitting on the market longer. Um, so if you are selling a property, uh, people are definitely taking fixed up products, which makes sense if people have to put more down or have a higher interest rate, they don't have to buy a property, then sink twenty, thirty thousand dollars You know, we're talking especially for the average investor, or average investor, average owner out there. Uh, so that's kind of like the one trend we are seeing, which is no surprise. And then moving up north, uh, go up to northern Colorado. And uh, Steve and Newt, they are apparently trying to outshine me and Jenny as the new kids on the <laughs> podcast block here. They actually prepared like slides. Um, so Steve's going to walk us through um, actually a, a new construction deal up there. We've talked about new construction and definitely lots of opportunities up there in northern Colorado. So walk us through that. We'll do a good job describing it. But if you uh, can't watch the video, just check the link in the show notes and we'll link it to all the notes that Steve has in there. So Steve yeah. and Newt, you got to tell me when to press the arrow keys for you, man. Okay, well, let's um, Newt, Newt and I will walk you through. But th there was one... Um, that we wanted to kind of talk about. And, and uh, we were seeing some new construction and, you know, when these um, there's, there's basically two kinds of sellers that are kind of hitting the market right now. Those that have a reason that they have to move, you know, or, or, or um, kind of change where they're at. And then new construction, they have different construction loans. And, and some of these builders are trying to keep their teams in place. So they want to keep them working and they're working kind of like Jenny said, it's kind of slow and steady. So they're moving at a slightly slower rate but they still have periodic deals that pop up. And so um, for those of you that are not familiar with Property Llama and what um, Chris has been talking about it on some of his uh, podcasts, Property Llama is a great tool that allows people to, you know, financial investors, um, real estate investors to be able to kind of look at their portfolios and then optimize those. Um, what it also does, it has um, cool features that allow you to do market underwriting. So you can do a deal analysis with them. So um, I uh, am, you know, kind of still a strong proponent of some of these new builds because that's what I invest my money in. And so there's one model in particular that I'll go to the next page. So they are um, offering $50,000 off for a perfectly fine um, location. And it's also with 3% seller concessions. So you can get in for about $63,000 worth of equity when you buy it day one. So this is some of the underwriting that's available at a 7% interest rate. This is kind of what it looks like. So you can go in, you know, put 25% down, 
buy the property for 439, the actual uh, value is going to be 502. So you're buying $63,000 worth of equity day one. So if Chris, you'd go to the next one. So what Property Alum also is able to do is it kind of puts in all of your variables. So you get your NOI and NOI, as we talk about, is is um, agnostic to the loan. It's just what the income will do relative um, to the property. And so that's how we do cap rates in that too. So it does show a negative cap rate, but if you can save $15,000 going in and buy $63,000 worth of equity, you can do that for a year or two and have that be negative and then refinance it at some point. Um, so you mean... I'm gonna you mean you mean native cash. So I think you said native cap rate, and I know we're I'm sorry, asking. negative cash flow. If I said yeah. incorrectly, yeah. So about for those who aren't watching with the with the 50k discount on seller concession property, about a negative 300 a month with full underwriting and and property management and reserves, compared to about negative 650 a month um, for a full price. So about 300 dollars difference plus that equity bump. So it ends up being, if you go to the next slide, it's about four grand a year that it ends up um, uh, costing. And so you're still having about that in debt pay down and you still have the 63,000 and you, you know, paid 15,000 less going in. So, you know, you can afford it for a couple of years to be able to um, earn the appreciation um, and, you know, have the debt um, pay down as well and then refinance it at call it 5% and kind of get a feel for that. So this is what's really fun about Property Alum is it allows you to kind of run these different scenarios. So go ahead and go to the next one. So if you were to buy that same property today that you walk in um, and buy at a $63,000 premium with equity, when you refinance it with those same numbers, the same uh, NOI, it would be roughly about, you know, a hundred bucks a month in positive cash flow. Plus you're getting, you know, the appreciation and debt pay down in a new community. It also has less property um, maintenance. Um, so I kind of factored that in because they're brand new homes. And in the first year, you know, you have a warranty. And then years after, you shouldn't have to worry about roofs or, um, you know, water heaters or other stuff. So that's um, kind of, uh, you know, how that would look. And when we look at the cap rates, if you go back just for a second there, that cap rate is based on the 502 value. So it's just over a five cap rate if you use the price that you purchased it for. So, um, you know, that's kind of nice to have a, a new house, 5% cap rate, and it's able to cash flow with all of the expenses put into it, um, you know, uh, up front. So cool. if, if you look at the last slide on that, um, there's, you know, uh, kind of your equity that you can start to build quickly. So you know, you start out putting $119,000 into a property like that, but you, you know, immediately have $173,000 worth of equity. Then in five years at uh, 4% appreciation, you know, you'd be at 300,000 with the equity and the debt pay down. So, um, you know, there's still deals like this out there. I called the builder yesterday and it's still out there. So it's available and, and uh, we're going to put it on a deal blast and get it out there because, you know, this kind of thing doesn't, um, come along very often. And so just to give you some perspective, that's, this is the same model that we put my son in and he just moved out and we actually got $200 more in rent a month than I was using in the deal analysis when I bought the property. 
Great. So, I mean, that this is like one of like the, you know, opportunities in new construction general, especially up in northern Colorado. You guys have a lot of uh, space to build out there. Uh, but, you know, for this, while, you know, rentals, unless you do more criticism like Airbnb, not amazing cash flow, but hey, buy a place with some, you know, walk in the equity. Uh, turnkey should be very, very low maintenance for a number of years. And then you're going to play the refinance game. So for like a, a turnkey kind of easy button hands off, like these investments make a, a ton of sense in the, in the grand scheme of things. Of course, underwrite that, hey, for a little bit, you'll be subsidizing the property a little bit or simply put more money down. Um, but in terms of like just a, an easy button play, low headache, I like these a lot. Yeah, this is Steve's, uh, his go-to strategy. Yeah. The new construction. Yeah. yeah. I um, we bought this model for four ninety two last year, and that's what we house hacked with our son. So you bought for four ninety two last year, and then they're able to get it for what you said four sixty now with a discount. So today you could buy this with the options. Generally, that the package that comes in it that we use for kind of the landlords. It's like air conditioning, fence, uh, landscaping, and um, uh, stainless steel upgrades. And so it'd probably rent for somewhere around twenty seven hundred a month, and so okay. um, that's 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 a pretty good you know, um, and that's without pet rent or others. And so you, you've got a pretty good brand new place that's you know going to hold up for years. Awesome. And then I know Newt, you. I think Jenny had. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jenny. Yeah, I had a question. Um, since there's a lot of new builds up there, um, are you guys seeing? most of them be within metro districts or or how is yes. that working out yeah metro districts are kind of the way of the law the way of the land up here um you know they're they're, they're they seem to be somewhat um divisive you know you either love them or hate them or or maybe you you hate them or you tolerate them um and i'm i kind of <laughs> understand them because you know it, I, I have metro um in most of the places we have properties. And so what I what I appreciate about them is it's replacing that second HOA in a lot of ways. So if there's something wrong with one of the sidewalks, they come in and replace it. In the the community that I live in, you know, there's this magnificent pool and kind of they call it a, you know, it's a water park. There's golf courses and things like that are funded through it. So there's a lot of amenities and then you can go pick fruit in the neighborhood. So there's a lot of things that that goes towards. Now, it does cost, but it also shows faster appreciation than some of these other areas that don't. So it'd be great to see a comparison because metro districts, I think, can be good if you have a skilled, um, you know, I guess, land developer that puts those metro um, districts in place. If you have the, the, the one that's always been the kind of, the, I guess the signal for bad doing it poorly is like down in Johnstown. I think it was Thompson River Ranch or something like that. So they got really upside down. And, and so now that's, that's what everybody holds up when they say, oh, metro districts are bad. Look at that one. Um, but, you know, I think Windsor up here and Weld has more of them than most communities. Larimer and, and, and Loveland, the, the mayor there is, is against them. And so they they fight them tooth and nail. Um, on our side in Weld, um, there's a lot more of them, but you know we have 
you can go see tractor pools and, you know, there's a snow hill and a beach and all kinds of amenities that they tend to bring in. So to me, I think about it as like a second HOA that provides a lot of value in a lot of cases. They, you can often write off the tax deduction anyway. Yep. As an investor, yes, that's, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, like you said, it's so good to see them. They're not, they're not, you know, good or evil, um, uh, but are. They, they, are, <laughs> they are there and that's how the infrastructure is expanding. And as you're looking at a deal um, in Metro Tax Force, just make sure you you understand that and, yeah. you know, do your due diligence on the district as well, because there's always some, like the one you mentioned, that are, that are you know, that that aren't good or don't perform well. And there's others like Highlands Ranch, which is, you know, a very successful one from what started 40 or 50 years ago, which is when I live in. So they're all across the board. So is what it is. Make sure you understand it and do due diligence. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I think uh, I, I don't remember exactly, but the legislature just put some new um, oversight in over metro districts um, in the last legislative session. So there'll be a little bit more accountability because there is some um degree of concern out there that, you know, they can kind of do whatever they want. They can raise their mills rate. They can do whatever they want to certain levels. So they, they now have some more accountability. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that plays out because what happens is, as the developer goes in, they basically run the Metro district because there's no houses there. And so over time, they're supposed to transition that over to, you know, kind of the community, but um, you know, there's some, there's some legislation that'll be kind of developing to be able to show you know, uh, how that can be a little more um, accountable. Regulated, I always hate regulated, saying regulated because I don't like regulations, but um, at times they have a, a, a good balance. And then I know, Newt, before we were, uh, we hit record, you would start talking about a fourplex. Yeah. And going to do some kind of some quick stuff to kind of like, hey, here's some fourplex. I think it's a fourplex in Greeley, you said? Yeah, this one. Yeah, so Greeley. give us the rundown on that. Yeah, basically it's, uh, you know, it'd be a great, it's an older fourplex they would be a great uh investment for the say uh, some parents wanted to have an investment for their child that's going to unc yeah that would be a perfect fit because it's actually under 500 you could probably get it for under 500 it's been on the market a while uh being that it's older it may have some issues that you need to address but after that it's cash flowing at five percent with 35 percent down so you know you're your cap rate's a little around 7%. And it's actually, it seems like there, we're seeing more. I was just telling Steve, I've actually seen quite a bit of multifamily stuff coming up in Longmont, Loveland, uh, Fort Collins, Greeley. I mean, it's it's all over the place. And if the numbers pencil out, there's there's some deals to be had. Do you know, are you starting to say like cap rates trend up or drift upwards yet? Uh, not yet. Okay. But I, it does seem that a lot of the numbers have been just flat, if, if effectively for the cap rates, or maybe a little negative sometimes with the current list prices. But as sellers decide that they're ready to get it off the market quicker, then those, those things will change. Awesome. Well, and it seems like, you know, if, if, if rents are appreciating, you know, NOI is going up. And then, you know, if the prices are roughly flat to slightly up, then, you know, those, um, you know, cap rates are going to increase a little bit. It's when, 
you know, kind of rents are a little bit down and appreciation's going like crazy that the cap rates get really compressed. So, um, you know, the, the one thing when we were talking about the metro taxes, you know, Jenny, what do you guys see down in southern Colorado? Is that is that pretty, um, you know, pretty much the, the, the way it works down there in kind of all the new construction or is it different? Yeah, at least in Colorado Springs Monument area, that's definitely the case is that there's metro districts. Um, some of the stuff out east, east of east of the springs. And then um, we have noticed that more of the like in town developments, I would say, um, I don't, I don't know how else you'd describe them. Like the stuff that's already like surrounded by existing uh, neighborhoods and whatnot. Those are usually not on a metro. Um, obviously, you need to do your own due diligence for each each instance, but that's kind of the trends that we've been seeing. Yeah, we're good. Thanks. And then we got uh, Steve put together a little bit more data, and this is not necessarily uh, you know uh, Colorado specific, but more just some macro trend stuff for historical data. So Steve will walk us through this again. We'll talk about the graphs, um, but of course we'll put these in the show notes yeah. as well. You know, we're, we're, we're having a lot of conversation around kind of affordability in that. And so, you know, when we look historically, it's good to kind of get some perspective. But, you know, there's a lot of conversations around, you know, boomers killed everything. Well, um, the boomers, you know, are, were in 81 actually paying 51 percent of their household income towards housing. And so now we're at like 30, 34, 36 percent today. So, you know, while it seems, you know, um, challenging, you know, that it has been worse over time. And so that's what um, is kind of like, you know, being, you know, in today's dollars demonstrated. So um, and if you look at the next couple slides, you know, there's an inverse relationship to the um, increase in, in mortgage rates and the um, prices on housing. And so this was back in the 80s. So when interest rates went way up, it really put a damper on the um, housing prices. But then you see after that, interest rates started coming down and you can see that housing prices continue to go back to appreciating. So it, it makes perfect sense, but sometimes we're in the middle of it. We don't always see it. So it's good to look historically. So, you know, things started to rise back up after that point. And if you go to the next slide, you know, it just kind of shows more of the same. So, you know, interest rates were in that six and plus, and it was dampening down the housing prices during, you know, and up to the kind of the Great Recession in 2009. Then after that, they had, which housing caused because they were giving away houses with, you know, um, you know, just a signature. And so after that kind of got cleared out, investors really started coming in. And so the interest rates got dropped back down. That spurred housing appreciation. We all saw that going, gosh, wish we would have bought them all there in 2009, but we didn't see that coming. So then you fast forward to the last five years, and that's the next slide. We saw that again. So in 2000, you know, during COVID, you know, all of a sudden people wanted to move out and iBuyers started coming in. So they drove up appreciation um, really significantly. And it wasn't helped because we were printing money, buying mortgage-backed securities, and the interest rates dropped really low. And so that really just accelerated things to a point where they've gotten to today, where they're trying to get um, the uh, housing price as a portion of the CPI down to a reasonable rate. So once they do, then we'll probably see a more even rate. But I think the last 
um, uh, CPI number, 70% of that was on um, rents, which they have the algorithm for housing and then they have rents. So, you know, we're going to see this for a little bit longer till they say, okay, we've seen enough. And then, you know, things should start getting back to normal. But that's when people come back in the market. Interest rates will be better. Appreciation will kind of re-kick in, but it's not today. But people that are savvy buy equity today, refinance for cash flow tomorrow. Great update or, you know, analysis on there. And yeah, I mean, that all makes sense. And, you know, I'm I'm looking at this last chart here with the prices. I don't, do you think you got the red arrow point pretty straight down? Do you think there'll be a significant price drop or are you more just saying things will? No, it, that's, just meant to, that's just meant to represent pressure. So it's just yeah. downward pressure. It's not that the next one's going to be some sort of collapse. I, I don't believe that at all. There's, there's too much in terms of how, um, you know, credit is delivered to people that have to be able to um, justify that. So they're, they're not handing out stuff like they did back in 2007, where people were getting 125% of, of price. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, where we see that flat in the prices, I think that's kind of where we're at. And we'll start seeing appreciation tick back up here again in the near future modestly and maybe flat for a bit, but that is, that's my prediction. So people on YouTube can roast me in the comments and say how <laughs> prices are going to crash instead. I don't agree with you. YouTube comments. Um, I think, yeah. uh, I think prices will be choppy and then go up again. I agree. Because the you agree with me or you two? I agree comments. with you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because the you know the inventory is still very low, and so, yeah. I mean we're going to be growing up in Northern Colorado, but you guys have all the population growth apparently now. Yeah, about half of it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. you know basically we're I I think that this is a great time for buyers that are prepared because the prices being where they are, that's going to be a good time for us to go ahead and get something you know, in their portfolio for them. Cause when those interest rates, if they do make a tick down, that's when the prices are going to come back out because Steve and I have talked about this in length that, you know, that buyer pool is just going to flood back in the market. Once it's regulated the interest rates down to a, a level where they feel like that's the low rate now, Yep, it's, it's definitely going to matter. So if you can get into the real estate game now, this is a good time to do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, because of the way the situation is right now, people that are in that, I don't know if it's that second quartile or, you know, that, that bottom third of potential property um, buyers can't get in. So what are they doing? They have to rent. And so when there's a limited supply of rentals, rent goes up. So, you know, we just turned a, a property over in West Greeley and, you know, I was like, okay, um, we were able to rent it for $275 more a month. So apartments and townhouses sometimes compete with each other. So, the, you know, they're, you know, at two or 3%, but single family homes up here are probably in the neighborhood of 6% rent appreciation. So um, because that one that we just turned, that's a 14% rent increase um, to be able to get it up to what market rates are now. So, you know, that's, wow. that's $3,700 more cash flow. In, the, in this upcoming year. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been another great podcast. Um, anyone out there listening, have questions, reach out to us. We all know the market. We're happy to sit down and chat with you more details or pass along resources to you. Uh, so want to say thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, New. Another awesome podcast. Thank you, Chris.
We'll see everyone next month, and we'll hopefully have Preston back with us as well. Bye, everyone. See you. Bye.